Welcome back. Good evening, people. Peoples. Or the two people who listen. Uh, after our correction from our last one, you are now listening to Kenter at Your Own Risk, number 17. Yes, we got it right. <laughs> Yay. Uh, you have your, your buddies, your hosts, your people who pontificate. Chris and Kent coming at you. Um, we'll be discussing some movies, but... Maybe not necessarily the ones that we thought we were going to be discussing when we set out to schedule this podcast a couple months ago. Um, I, unfortunately, only got a chance to watch one of the two that I was supposed to, so I failed on that account, and I will admit that to Kent. And Kent, I think, just decided to watch a whole bunch of different movies. And so, <laughs> so, well, yeah. in all fairness... <laughs> Let me just explain that it's been a little bit difficult watching horror movies based on my sleep schedule because right now there's some issues at the apartment complex I live in with noise complaints and I'm awake all night. So watching loud horror movies is a tough thing. It's been tough. So I haven't been watching as much as I'd like to. And then by morning time, I'm just like, eh. So I haven't been watching as much, but I'm slowly turning the sleep schedule but really it's my fault but on on the plus side I do have like a few movies to go over at the very least so I'm bringing something to the table which I don't always do well uh okay so I don't make it easy let me just jump right in I um went over Wes Craven's last movie uh The Girl in the Photographs and I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Like, I don't, I'm conflicted, I guess would be the easiest term, single term to say. Like, there were things I liked, there were things I didn't like, there were things I understood, there were things I didn't understand. It definitely felt to me like a movie that had too many hands trying to steer the ship. I don't know if you would agree with that. Too many cooks. Absolutely. And the other thing I would say uh, that might have hurt it a little bit was the complete lack of, like, name recognition within the, the, the cast. I like, Yeah, Cal Penn was... Probably the biggest yeah, when, name. When he was the one above the the title in the, the. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, you did get what was it, Mitch Pileggi, and yeah. I mean, to me, the biggest name in there was Catherine, Catherine Isabel. Isabel. Yeah, but she doesn't have a huge role. Her role's good. It's just it's kind of a Drew Barrymore scream type role. Yeah. So I almost. I almost wish like they hadn't cast Kelpen and done just complete un for the most part unknowns or like horror veterans. Yeah, I agree. Or used Cal in a similar role as Catherine as far as just like a small and boom done yeah, type role. Exactly, instead of like half the fucking movie. Yeah, he I mean he's not a bad actor, he's just I don't know. He didn't bring anything extra to it that somebody no, else it could have brought. It wasn't like I saw that role and I was like, God, the only person who could play that would be Kel Penn. Right. Yeah. Completely replaceable. But 
uh, you know what's weird? Because I, I mean, I really, I, I like this movie far more than you did. I like this movie far more than most anybody else did. Because uh, I gave it a seven. Like I, I didn't dislike it, but if it, like for me, this is one of the epitomes of like wasted opportunities. Like I got to the end and, and I was like, you know, there were some good things here, but like I think I could have written a better script that could have still preserved the good things. And like from a movie standpoint would have worked better. I'm yeah. I, there this movie like a lot of horror movies is just littered with missed opportunities. That, yeah. That's all this, man. It's it's just a missed opportunity. And why was it missed? We don't know for sure how much Wes, Wes's death, Wes's health, whatever, played a role into it. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, obviously it, it seems to us that it played a role. But uh, what would you think about the ending? Like, did it work for you? It, it did. And that was part of what I liked. Like, you know, it was a very nihilistic ending. You know, um, basically, to spoil it for the three people of you who haven't seen it yet, like, all the people, good guys, you want to call them, or victim, they all die. You know, and the guys get away with it, and it looks like they start a whole new cycle of the shit up. But, um, I just, like, like, I wanted to be like, this, this came out in 2015, what fucking police station anywhere in the country would just fucking like, blow off fucking photographs of fucking murders. You know, like, there would at least be an investigation, but not like, oh, nobody, we can't fucking do anything, huh? Oh, we can't move the camera to see who's fucking leaving this shit here because then we wouldn't be able to watch the door. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how often are cops treated as intelligent beings in horror? Yeah, not very often. Yeah, but, it's just but, but one of those cliches. Like, they're like, this guy's like, oh, so this is either a, like a serial killer or, or, you know, somebody just trying to pretend to be one. Just, you know, they were like, there's a serial killer movie, there's the romantic comedy movie, and then there's the treatise on what is art and, uh, you know, like, the uh, the whole like aging artist kind of movie all wrapped up into one, but like like the whole fact that like Kelpen goes there because he thinks there's a serial killer, you know, trying to get his attention in some town, and then the, you know they they realize that this dude is like stalking this girl, and they just you know well we're gonna let's throw a fucking party in the middle of the woods when we know that this guy has already fucking been here. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah, there's a lot. Basically, it felt like there were like seven people just throwing their fucking lives away because they didn't give a fuck. I I remember, I'm looking at my review right now, I remember like the grocery store or mini mart scene, whatever you want to call it. Uh That fucking scene made me laugh a lot. I don't know how funny you found it, but... I just remember something about that being funny. I don't remember if it was the lines or whatever. I just remember really finding... Like, I found some of the humor worked well in it and some of the humor missed, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I got what they were doing with a lot of it. Like, it none of it bothered me. 
but like I feel like they were trying to like overreach on the type of character that they were trying to make Kelpen out to be. Yeah, uh, I, if if I could have done one thing different, I, I think I would have replaced Kelpen with just somebody else. Just yeah. just to get rid of that name value. But like, like the bad guys were creepy. Yeah, and you yeah. never you never get like a real fucking sense of like what was everything going on with them, which I liked. You know, there's ambiguity there. Like, the only other thing I would have I would have said like the whole ex boyfriend thing kind of just like wasted. Absolutely. Yeah, like you never get an explanation for what happened, why they broke up. Is he abusive? Is he not abusive? Then the dude's dead. You're like, alright, okay. Sometimes explanation goes a long way in a horror film and a lot of times it's just not there. Yeah. But I mean, like it was it was competently filmed. You know, uh they did a good job with being creative with some of the kills. Uh yeah, I mean it was just like the only things I can say is like there there were ways that they could have made a better movie. But it, by no means is it a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I I still think it's one of the better slashers of this decade. Because yeah. there isn't a lot of great slashers, though. I, I got a lot of, like... It gave me, like, a lot of untraceable vibes. Like, this is an okay movie for what it is. It could have been better, but... You know, it's not bad. Yeah, I I think that's fair. So, overall, would you recommend it? I would I would recommend people to watch it, especially because it's on Prime, but I don't know if I would recommend people to buy it. Yeah, that, that completely seems fair. Uh, and also, I think every time I've looked to buy it, because I would have liked to have bought it, it hasn't really been the most reasonably priced film. I keep expecting it to drop in price any day now. But it hasn't. Last I checked. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. All right. And the other film you were going to talk about was Suspiria. That didn't happen. And. Well, I mean, on the the good side, I do finally have a Tubi TV account. But I did not have one have before, so. You know, it's funny. Suspiria was on Amazon for the longest time. Then they remade Suspiria, and I think that gave the boot to the original. I was like, what the fuck, guys? Come on. You would expect you to have both of them to be able to have people compare them. Right. That's what you would like to see, but no. So, I mean, I'm I'm grateful for 2B TV. I'm grateful. Like, there's so many things now that you can watch. Yes, you get a few commercials, but really the commercials are like 30 to 60 seconds long. It's not bad. They're not off often like voodoo has a ton of free movies now to watch they're really good including con air <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had to throw that up i love con air though it's a guilty pleasure i don't care movie's great it's got the whole world <laughs> hello garland <laughs> yeah all right uh do you have anything else you want to go over with any of that Catherine Isabel is pretty freaking hot. And actually, so was the, uh, the main chick. Yeah, the girls, by and large, were pretty damn attractive in that film, but 
you know, Catherine will always hold a special place in my heart. I gotta say though, to give up, to give props for the lady who played Colleen, like not many chicks can wear cut off shorts that short and have that nice an ass and be white. So, uh, yep, yep. I, I, those, I will. <laughs> those are some pretty fucking short ass shorts. Like they were. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, like when I'm in a room and I hear like a serial killer talking to me through the door. And, and, you know, I'm like, oh, let me go hide under a desk because that's the fucking safest spot to be. I, I mean, hiding anywhere is the worst thing because you don't have any room to maneuver. Like, isn't that the most... Imp- like, if you have a serial killer coming into your room, isn't it the most important thing to be able to be on your feet and able to move rather than hide and just wait? I would assume so. I mean, and there were, like, chairs. She could have blocked the door, and then, you know, she broke the latch on the window. She could have hit another chair through the window and jumped out and run away. But, no, I'm going to hide under the desk. First, I'm going to hide under the... Oh, the bed's too low to the ground. So I'm going to hide under the desk. I don't know. I mean, fortunately for me, I'm I'm so fat, I cannot fit underneath the bed, so that's never going to be an option. I, you so. know what? Things you never think about until you are faced with the reality of the situation when the serial killer's coming for you. Right, right. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be on my feet. I'm going to hope for the best. Get one good hit. If I knock him down, I will do two things that are important that you don't see in horror. I will take the weapon, keep the weapon, utilize the weapon, and make sure that they are dead. Like, if... Everybody in horror would follow those rules. Horror wouldn't exist, I don't think. That, yeah, that would knock out a good portion of them. Like, people people like use the weapon once and then they just drop it like, oh, I, I have no more use for this. Really? Okay. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. So. If, if we can stay uh, on that topic yes. for a second. I I would like to segue into one of the films I want to go over, and uh, that would be Hellfest. Have you uh, had the opportunity to see this? I have not seen Hellfest. Um, I don't know. It might still be on sale at Voodoo for five dollars, but uh, I think you're better off saving that five dollars. Uh, Which. Which one is this? Because I'm seeing Hellfest 2010, Hellfest 2018, and Hellfest 2011. 2018, the newest one. It came out sometime, I want to say early last year, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, oh, the basic- hold on. Hold on. Oh, I, found the, okay. I found the one you're talking about. Okay. And I was wrong. It was, came out in September. So I, I just like being wrong on these podcasts at all times. Uh so basically, it's like one of those uh, Halloween event things where everybody goes to like these random haunted houses, and like they have like ones that are not so scary, and then they build up in intensity until you get to uh, the hell level, so to speak. And you have one guy in a mask that finds interest in this group of six, uh, you know college-aged people. Uh, three guys, three girls. Um, one girl named Taylor is probably the single most obnoxious uh, character I've seen all year. I, I, 
really just obnoxious, like thinks that she's funny, but pretty much everything that comes out of her mouth is just trash. And an issue that I have is that uh, this girl comes back from college and she has a thing for this guy. This guy has a thing for her. The friends throughout the whole film are just like, Oh, you guys need a few minutes. So you guys go fuck. Like they keep like saying the lewdest things to these two people. And it's like, I've never been in a group where people just say that to two of their friends. Like, Hey, you guys should really just go fuck. Hey, he wants you to sit on, on, on your face. Like there's so many lewd things that I just wouldn't say in a group. And you know how horrible of a human being I am. So I found it. I found the dialogue tacky to say the very least. Like in order for you to be offended, it has to be pretty offensive. Yes. Thank you. Like it just, it, it was just unrealistic shit to be said. Um, I will say that Tony Todd is in this ever so briefly. He's the Candyman bitch. And um, Amy Forsyth is in this. And she is the daughter, I think, of William. And she was also in the second season of Channel Zero. And I really think she's a good actress. And I, I she's a name to really keep an eye on if you're into horror. I, I really think she's going to eventually get like a breakout role this wasn't it but uh she was by far the best actor in it uh that typical slasher you know there's haunted houses people start dying and there's nothing really special about it and then they they try to tack on this ending where the guy comes home, the killer, he comes home, he goes into his garage, he takes his mask off, he puts his weapon, and like he has like this cupboard with various masks and weapons, and then he just comes in, we never see his face, and we see like this girl on the couch sleeping, and it's his daughter, his daughter wakes up, and he's like, hey, I got a gift for you, and it was like one of those circuit, like carnival teddy bears, or you know, one of those plush toys or something. And that's, like, how it ended, but, like, it adds no value to anything. Like, <clears throat> they just tried tacking on ending, and I, I don't really see the value in it. it. It angered me more than did anything positive, I guess. I don't recommend this movie. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like, that, that's all there is to it. Um, yeah. All right. Uh... Next up, I want to uh, do The Intruder, which I don't know if it's really horror, but it enough places said it was horror that I guess I'll include it. I think, um, I think like, because I haven't seen it, but I followed it because I like Dennis Quaid a lot. It probably falls more under, like, thriller. Yeah. A, a lot of people include thrillers in with horror movies because they don't understand what the fucking difference is. Basically, I, I probably would have never seen this, but Amazon had it for 99 cents to rent, and I was like, alright, that's perfect price point. So I, I rent it. I I don't think I'd watch it again. Like, you know, you know how some films, like, they're good, but they have zero replay value? That would be this in a nutshell. Um... I, I wanted to laugh when I saw the trailers for this because I don't know. Did you ever see the movie Cold Creek Manor? I have not. 
It looks like basically the same fucking movie, except instead of being the intruder, Dennis Quaid was the guy who owned the house. And uh-huh. Stephen Dorff was like the Dennis Quaid part. I, I mean, basically they had the silly thing where, you know, he, Dennis Quaid, was basically living in the house the whole time. I mean, spoiler alert, I, whatever. I, I don't care, but like, I thought it was quite obvious that Dennis Quaid was living in the house from the trailer. So I don't feel... If you can deduce something from the trailer, I don't feel it's a spoiler. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like, when they show you the whole fucking movie... <laughs> you're right. Like, okay, I've seen it now. Also, I want to say, I was not a big fan of the director. Um... I think his name was like Dion Taylor or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Some of the music choices were really... I don't know. The music choices, the fashion choices... Realistically, if it didn't have Dennis fucking Quaid in it, uh, this movie probably would have gotten like a three from me. But Dennis Quaid was really good. And he, he like... He's in good shape for a man his age. Really good like, shape. Like one of the... All of the reviews I saw, and I, did, I saw a couple of people, they were like, this movie's like garbage, but it looks like Dennis Quaid was having fun making his payday. So, Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And if anybody's not familiar with Megan Good, you may have seen her in Saw 5, because I'm pretty sure she was the only black woman in Saw 5. So, And Michael Ealy is her husband, and he was in Barbershop 1 and 2. Both movies, which I liked, although I preferred the original. You know, I, like he is so hit and miss. It's it's not even funny. Like he's a really good actor, and he's done like some fucking great roles. But then he'll do like just fucking garbage, and I'm like, you almost feel like like a Mario Van Peebles of the 2000 teens. Oh, that's not a label that you want to give somebody. But I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> oh, Mario. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't really think there's much to really add to this uh, conversation with The Intruder. Watch it if you like the trailer. If you didn't like the trailer, move along. So, that's all I got for that. And I have two more movies that I want to get into. I'm going to save the biggest one for the last. Um, I want to move on to The Heretics, which is on Netflix currently. Um have you heard anything about it? Seen any trailer? The no only way. thing I have heard or seen about it was your uh, your little blog on your nineduce.com. Okay, so it's you know it's got the cult vibe. Uh, there, so there's a cult. It's dedicated to a demon. I can't remember the name of the fucking demon because I just watched a show this morning about. Pazuzu or some shit. So now that's all I can think about. With that being said, like, this movie had a good twist midway through that you could see coming, but it was still really a well-done twist. Um, early on, what happens it has a little bit of a twist that you don't see coming. So there's, like, enough twists and turns in this movie that it's really enjoyable, in my opinion. The acting's pretty good. Um, it's crazy, like, the transformation of the one, the main girl, Gloria. She's, like, really beautiful. And, like, by the end of it, you're just like, oh my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the demon's Abaddon. So, 
Wasn't there an Abaddon video game like on the NES? There was. Okay. I'm not crazy. Great. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen like a cult movie with some demon, like you've kind of seen this type of movie, but like if you like it, this this is a really well done. I can't imagine the budget was very high or anything. Um, nobody that I recognized, uh, famous wise, but everything was just really good. I don't know. I, I gave it a six point eight. I I almost wanted to give it a seven. That's how impressed I was. One of it. the things I love about your blog is how you write like stream of consciousness when you're reviewing movies. And then having you write stream of consciousness while you're following a movie that's like stream of consciousness is like fucking trippy as shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, some people like the stream of consciousness. Some people just want me to write like three paragraphs. So like I pick and choose which ones I think are going to be fun to do stream of consciousness. But you never know. You never know what's actually going to be really fun or not. I just kind of, I I love cults in, in films, so. Yeah, um, I don't know. If you have Netflix, which, I mean, pretty much, wouldn't you say like 80% of the population has Netflix at this point? If you don't have Netflix, you know somebody who you can fucking siphon Netflix from. (laughs) Right. If you don't have it, you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody type shit. But, yeah, uh, it was only like, it was an hour and 27 minute film. So, it's not going to waste your fucking time. Uh, so horror fans definitely recommend the heretics. And finally, I want to talk about the remake of fucking Pet Cemetery. Here, here's the thing. They they did what I asked from a remake. They did different things. Uh, some of the things were really good. And I don't want to spoil with twists and stuff. But I cannot emphasize this enough. The, they did it wrong. They did Judd wrong. Judson, I can't remember what his last name, Crandall or something? I don't know. John Lithgow is a great actor, I think. I really like Lithgow as an actor. He put like nothing into Sometimes Dead is Better. It killed one possibly the biggest line of the whole film and i don't understand i don't blame lithgow i assume i blame the director for not saying hey let's do this differently and and they just they've dropped the ball on that so badly um i don't know if if you're are, are you a fan of the original pet cemetery right no i hated that movie i thought it was one of the worst horror movies i've ever seen like nothing about that fucking I couldn't stand that movie. Like, I don't understand how anybody thought it was scary. But, I usually try not to shit on it because I realize you like it so much, but... That's okay. Like, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the new one to compare. But, again, this was another one, like, I saw when I was old. So, like, the fact that, like, the the cat worked okay in the original, but, like, the the little kid, the, the special effects were just fucking, like... It took me out of the movie every time I saw him. That's how bad it was. It's like going back and watching, like, uh, what was it? Sleep Sleepwalkers? Was that the other Stephen King one with the fucking... Oh, God, that was horrible. You, you like, as bad as the fucking story was, like, you see the special effects and you're just... I'm ripped out of the movie. and I Like, I did like Fred Gwynn. And you're right. 
like that he did a really good job as the Judd part. So like I haven't seen the new one to compare John Lithgow to to see. Like I I get that that like line was iconic for you. So if he fucks it up, he's fucking up basically the best part in the movie's most iconic line. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just all right. So I saw, uh, you know, as a kid, and you know, funny thing, the kid that played Gage in the original Pet Cemetery was also in Kindergarten Cop and Wes Craven's New Nightmare, and now he looks really weird. I don't know, but um, in the original, I really liked how they portrayed um, Rachel's sister Zelda. She had the fucked up back. She was really creepy. Like everything they did with that was pretty creepy. And they just kind of shit all over it in the remake. They 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 tried emphasizing that it was a bad time, but there was no creepy factor whatsoever. And once again, if you didn't see Pet Cemetery, you know, until much later on, maybe there was zero creepy factor. So like you know, I, I get that. But as a kid, Zelda was a creepy character. Like, that whole thing was creepy as fuck to me. This one, they just kind of, I don't know, they took the heart out of it, I, I felt. Uh, like, it was it was really interesting reading your review because, like, some of the decisions they made sounded like they made way more sense. Like, moving it from Gage to uh, What's-Her-Face. Uh, yeah. yeah. To Ellie. Ellie, yeah. Ellie made so much more sense because... You took, instead of having this little fucking toddler kid that could barely fucking talk, you now have this, you know, 10 year old child or so that can talk, uh, can emote. Like, and she was really good. She was so freaking good in the remake. Like, I'm trying to look up her name now, but uh, Jete Lawrence or Jeets, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, sometimes she, you see those running out like ah, I have no clue. Yeah. Uh she she really was a good good actress, uh, especially for a kid actress. I thought Jason Clark, who I'm not very familiar with, I thought he did a really good job better than Dale Midkiff. Uh Rachel sucked in both versions, and I'm still convinced that Stephen King has mother issues based on uh things that I've seen in his work. Uh he just makes women, like especially mom characters, such like I don't know, clueless bitches. It's really, it's interesting. Like next time you watch a Stephen King movie, pay attention to the mother figure and see uh, how she is. But yeah, um, but the creative decision of going with Ellie just made so much sense. And like, if nobody, if you haven't watched it and you do watch it, pay attention to the opening scene. It's so beautifully done. And then remember the opening scene for when the movie ends. Um, so, like, I didn't hate it when I first saw it, but I've now seen it three times because I felt it was important to really get a full view of it. And I still, I, I liked it. I, I'm happy that I bought it. It's not a bad remake. It's a good remake because they took a lot of different choices. Um, so I can't, I can't bitch about it uh, nearly as much as I wanted to. Um, I don't know. I I just get the Judd character fucking right. If, had they got Judd right, this movie probably would have been like a seven point five for me. That's that's how much Judd is like the linchpin in that film. Uh, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think like other films where like the side character is like the linchpin of it. But you know what I mean? Like you just got to get the side character that's big, right? So, um, that's it. Like I, I have four movies to review and I reviewed all four of them. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any ideas of movies that you want me to watch for our next podcast? Okay, so have you given any thought to what you what you want me to watch for the next podcast? Uh, you know, no, I haven't because typically we've been going out of uh, out of the way to pick things from our lists, but our lists were basically. You know, we didn't have things that the other hadn't seen on our list this month. Right. Yeah, that, uh, I, I thought about that as we were doing the top ten. I'm like, well, we've seen everything, so, uh, I feel like, well, how do you feel about both of us? I think we should definitely hit on Midsummer next podcast. Okay, that sounds good. Um, and then... I, I I am gonna watch uh, day daylight night no day day watch and night watch. Okay, I will. I'll hit Suspiria. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Damn it! I was going to recommend something else to you, and I I don't know. I may come up with something else to just toss your way in case you get bored. Like you might just be taken out of Suspiria. I, I don't know. It's a tough one. Uh, I, I, don't, I mean, I, I know what it's about because I, it's been on too many lists for me not to have read about it in the past. You know, so I'm, I'm interested in seeing. Yeah. Oh, I know another one that I plan on watching. I, You weren't a, ter- a big fan of it, but I'm going to watch uh, Three from Hell. I definitely want to talk about that. Well, I haven't um, seen it, so... Um, well, you didn't like Devil's Rejects, though, right? Uh, no, Devil's Rejects wasn't wasn't. I didn't like uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. I liked oh, okay. Devil's Rejects. Um, so Three from Hell is the third part in that. And uh, how the hell do they work? Like, are they coming back from hell? So, all right. Uh, basically, my understanding, and I can't say this is spoiler or not, but from what I've read, um, it sounds like they were in prison. Now they escape prison um sid haig showed up on set in such bad shape and bad health that it, uh from my understanding rob zombie had to basically rewrite the whole script um so sid's only on screen for maybe like five minutes and i'm sure they just kill him off um and they added richard Brake to the cast and that guy is a really solid actor um I watched him in uh, Asylum Blackout. He was, um, God damn it, he was in uh, Rob Zombie's Thirty One. He's been in a ton of shit, um, so he's actually a really good addition, and he has a really good, I don't know, uh, presence, good voice, everything like that. And he was also in Game of Thrones. He was uh, the Night King for two episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if those were two episodes where... I don't think they were the ones where we actually saw him when he was... Did we ever see the Night King, like, when he was alive? We did, right? 
yeah. You're talking about so, Richard Burke? Yeah. Yeah, we, we saw him um, one episode. It was the one where Bran went back in, in time. And saw, like, the Children of the cor- uh, ch- Children, children of the, of the cor- Forest. Make, make, <laughs> yeah, make them. Yeah, okay. So I'm wondering if that may have been one of the episodes that we saw him in, or if he was just in it and they replaced him. I, I don't know. But he he does he's done a lot. So anyway, yeah, I plan on doing three from hell as well. Um, I'm very excited about Midsummer. Um, is there anything else that's new that's coming out that has your eye? Uh, shit. Yeah. Shit. Fuck. What was coming out? Um, have you heard anything about Parasite? No. I'm interested about that. Uh, I did not see it. Chapter two yet. Oh, me neither. I mean, I don't even know if it's playing in theaters locally anymore. Probably not. Uh, the Zombieland sequel. Are are you are you cautiously optimistic? Fully optimistic? I'm cautiously optimistic because I really think if they wanted to do it, they should have done it years ago. Uh, agreed. Abigail Breslin looks so much different than she did. I I don't know. And I find- um. I don't know if I'll see it, but I've heard a lot of good things about The Lighthouse. Yes, The Lighthouse, I'm assuming it's probably direct-to-video, so I should be able to find a copy. Um, I also plan on uh, doing Child's Play this month, because I really want to oh, see yeah. what yeah, they that, did with it. Um, gosh, I wish I... I don't have the link anymore, but like I found this one story. It was about like how Child's Play change like with technology and stuff is pretty interesting yeah i remember uh, i read it when you posted it in the, the facebook page yeah oh and good. um i have it to watch i haven't watched it yet but that uh bloodline the one with sean william scott i heard um pretty good things about that actually okay cool and uh yeah i I don't, I don't know i know like i had like this list i don't know where my list is i actually had a list of like I don't even know. It was over 300 movies to check out. So um, I have my work ahead of me. Uh, not that I plan on doing it all anytime soon. But I also want to recommend, I know this is a horror podcast, but do you have Hulu? I do. There's um, the movie, it's called The Sisters Brothers. as John C. Riley. Yeah, and uh, Joaquin. No, who, yeah, was it Joaquin? Joaquin and yeah. Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. Okay, you did see it. Okay, I I thought it was really I don't know I, I, it was really good. It was I don't know if I'd rewatch it again, but I really enjoyed the experience. And um, yeah, Hulu's got a, a shit ton of like I don't know necessarily good, but of horror stuff every year at Halloween. Like I look at the list of shit that they had out for for now, and that's pretty pretty impressive. Oh, the other thing that I'm excited for. I haven't had a chance to start it yet, but Castle Rock season two. Yeah, I have to binge through the first season because I stopped at like episode eight, and I have since forgotten. Like, I know the I know something goes ties back to like the first episode, so I think that's just a one day sit through, watch it all type thing for me. Probably, but yeah. I mean, it shouldn't take too long. I think there were only ten episodes first season. Yeah, and this season deals with uh, Annie Wilkes, right? 
the the two main characters that I saw them list by name were um, Tim Robbins's Pop. Um, you've read a lot of Stephen King, right? Uh, I haven't read a lot, but I'm familiar with a lot of it. So okay, so he was. Um, I think he was in uh, Needful Things, maybe. Okay. Uh, he was he was Kiefer Sutherland's dad character. I don't know if he ever actually showed up in, in Stand By Me, but he was the dad of that character. Oh, okay. He was the dude who sold the kid the the cursed camera and the sundog short story in um, Four Past Midnight. So uh, I'm int- I'll be interested to see where he fits in. And then, yeah, like you said, um, Annie from uh, Misery. You know, before Misery. Yeah, so I'm I'm really curious how, what they do with that character. Like I I don't know. I'm very excited, even though I obviously it's not going to be Kathy Bates. Uh, I haven't seen Kathy Bates in like a year. I I kind of miss seeing her do cool shit. But you know, it's weird, and it's only going to get it's going to get worse because Netflix is getting worse and worse because they're losing so much stuff due to networks now wanting to do their own streaming service. Like, do you think Netflix is going to be able to, do you think Netflix is going to do well enough to survive or eventually like, are they just, I mean, if if you, they realized that this was going to happen about 10 years ago, which is why they do so much original shit. Um, I mean, if I don't know if you've just been watching like, if you go on and just Google new Netflix trailers for the rest of 2019, like they've got so many movies and so many TV, like that whole fucking Ryan Reynolds, Michael Mann, uh, fucking, or excuse me, Michael Bay, uh, like action movie. It, it looked like it. Is that the one with the rock in it? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. The rock's doing a Netflix movie as well. I know that. Yeah, I was, I was just like seriously surprised. Like so, so it seems like their strategy is like let's throw as much as we can up in the air and you know at the wall, and we throw enough of it out there, and some of it's going to fucking stick. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I want to say from Korea, at least in the horror. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, section. like it looks like they have like basically everything that like Korean TV comes to Netflix. Yeah, it, it's. I, I kind of like their strategy because you're right. They were thinking well in advance. They did all the original things because eventually that's what Netflix is mainly going to be. Like 80% original content. Possibly even more than 80%. Like, I don't know. I Over the next two or three years, like the whole streaming service thing is going to just, it's going to be so different than it is now. You know, I would have way less of a problem if you could, like, just go to your cable provider and be like, hey, I want to do this from Disney and this from Netflix and this from Hulu. But instead, they're making it fucking difficult as fuck on the consumer. You know, if you want to be able to see this, you have to have Disney. If you want to be able to see this, you have to have Warner Brothers and DC. And if you want to be able to see this, then you have to have the fucking... um, Netflix. If you want to see this, then you have to have the ABC. If you want to see this, you have to have FX's fucking service. You know, what the fuck, people? Yeah, eventually people are going to stretch themselves too thin by, you know, I mean, how many people are going to want to have five different streaming services, for instance? And that's and not cable. even cover everything. Yeah. 
uh, I I just I can't I do Netflix I do Hulu I do Amazon Prime, which I mean I do it for the shipping, but I mean the perks are nice too. But you know I kind of want to do Disney, but I, I don't know if I'm going to do Disney. I think I might do Disney like for a month, binge whatever I want to watch, you know, and then it's wait. Dis- Disney is worth it because, like you said, you already do Hulu. It's the same price to get Disney, Hulu, and uh, ESPN. So, I mean, you're not losing anything there. Okay. I didn't know that that was a thing, but Yeah, they've, cool. they've got Hulu separate now. But, like, after Disney Prime or whatever, Plus or whatever the hell they're calling it is coming out, Hulu's only going to be available in a bundle with that shit. And it's, oh, that's it's great. not more expensive because, you know. Or if it is, it's like... I want to say I think it's like thirteen ninety nine for all three services, you know, compared to maybe like I think nine ninety nine for Hulu by itself. Yeah, that's great because I mean I, I do watch a lot of sports stuff, so um, I, that works for me because Disney seems like it has a nice slate of um, dude. I, I you know like I wasn't really excited about the Mandalorian before I saw that first trailer, and like once I saw and like the amount of money that they're spending, that I mean, like that TV show looks like it has like movie production values. It, yeah, shit looks. There's a lot of stuff that looks really nice. Like it's a great time to be a consumer. Simultaneously, it's an expensive time to be a consumer. That you know what I mean? Oh, I definitely agree with you there. It, but like, I mean. uh yeah, I think Netflix will survive. I don't. I don't think it's going to do as well. But I don't think that there's anybody who's going to be able to completely knock it out of its niche, be, just because it has so much variety. Yeah, uh, I I can see a lot of these network only things deciding that they have like CBS All Access. Like at some point, they're probably going to have to cut down the price because. I mean, how many people are really paying for CBS All Access aside from, like, Star Trek nerds? I mean, even then, like, so many people fucking hate that show that, like, I don't, I, I, can't, I don't know how, like, they can justify that. You know, same, I mean, thing, I, same thing with, like, FX. Like, FX has got a couple shows, but, like, they're, they're not a big enough solo um, channel to be able to subside on just the content. Like, even the Warner Brothers thing for DC is, is pretty slim, until you take into like all of the cartoons and all that shit that they have going on, you know, that they've done in the past that they can throw on there now. Um, on the Warner brothers, do they have a justice league by any chance? Uh, which one? The, the, car- the- yeah, they have, uh, they have young, just, you know, young justice, justice league, teen Titan, you know, all that shit. Like like the Justice League that lasts for like five years of Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, yeah, they've okay. got that. They've got the uh, the Batman uh, animated show and Batman Beyond. You know, so I mean, there's, See, there's I, a pretty I would do deep, that for months. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, it's it's worth worth going through and watching at least once. Yeah, if that's something that you're into. Right. See, I think that's going to be the thing. I think a lot of consumers are going to be like, "I'm going to do this for a month, get my value, switch over." I I don't know. I mean, how how long people are really going to stay connected to any one streaming service? Like in two years, I think it's. I think a lot of things are going to have to recombine. A lot of these studios are going to just have to like we have to combine our forces in order to get money. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like you said, it's all going to depend on how successful shit is. Like. 
if Witcher takes off and turns into a Game of Thrones for Netflix, they'll be able to ride that shit for fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> or if it doesn't, I mean, they got at least one more season of Stranger Things coming out. I really liked Altered Carbon. We'll see what they're doing with the second season for that. Yeah. Right. Again, like they just they do so many different things, you know. And then they, even the stuff that they don't do, like uh, what the hell was that one that they brought over from Germany, the, the cave or the dark or something like that? I don't know. But I mean, they they put it out over here. You know, they don't have to spend any money to make it, and they get paid to, you know, put it up on Netflix. So, right. So yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting. I don't know. I'm really curious. Like I said, in two years, what the landscape will in fact look like. Like, I just don't... I mean, cable's not... Cable's consistently losing, and there, there's no... I don't think there's any going back to cable, or going back for cable. I don't think they're going to win over enough people to ever go back to what it was. Or close to what it was, even. So, I don't know. Yep. But, Interesting questions. Yeah. With that being said, I don't know. That's all I got. Well, on that note then, we hope you uh, take care, Internets, and we will be seeing you back here in approximately two months or maybe just minutes for you, uh, which will be Kent Hurt Your Own Risk number 18 at that time. Uh, you can find these on 9 slash podcasts, Kent. Is that the right answer, address? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, 9 slash podcast slash, or if you just go to click the blue side. Take the blue pill. Yes. Your life will be much more enriched. And then In take theory. the red pill and read all the ones I contributed to. <laughs> and only those. All right, you can read the other ones too. Just read mine first. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Good night. And see ya.